0: All right. Hello, everybody. I'm here with Seth Kostek, Alan Sockin on audio. And uh, Seth Kostek was uh, a speaker at the Science and Non-Duality Conference, which uh, we were just at uh, recently. And uh, he gets into all kinds of badassery around (laughs) physics, quantum mechanics, and metaphysics and uh, stuff like that. Uh, and Alan, uh, following this, is going to dive into that with him. However, right now, we're here together to explore. Well, thank you for having me, Ori. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready to explore with you.
1: Why? Because it's a fun game to play.
0: Really? Oh, yeah. You really think it's fun? That's nice. Oh, yeah. Um...
1: I mention game a lot, and there are serious games, and trivial games, and sincere games, and everything in between. So I don't mean triviality exclusively, and I don't mean that this is necessarily (laughs) serious, but a game is uh, the definition of a game is something engaged as a diversion or for amusement. So this is a game because I'm diverting my attention from myself to play with you here.
0: Great. Well, I'm listening, man. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Uh, and I'm listening to you. So uh, I love uh, talking about science and non-duality. It was great to see you at at the conference. And uh, for people that don't know, Science and Non-Duality U.S. is a, a fantastic um, event, and you'll meet all kinds of great people there. And you can discuss science and non-duality and how the mind works. And uh, it was a fantastic experience. I'm really blessed for having uh, not only just to go, but I was uh, really grateful for being able to be a presenter there because uh, uh, it allows you to engage with people in a whole nother level. So um, I'm thankful for that
0: great yes I had an incredible experience as well
1: yeah and I I was uh, curious about who some of your favorite speakers were because um, I'm always looking for um, new and different perspectives
0: on this apparent reality (sighs) man The quote-unquote heavyweights like Addy Ashanti and Rupert Spira that were in the main ballroom with like hundreds or thousands of people was really cool to uh, be with and uh, explore who I am. <laughs> yeah. And... uh so that was epic, you know. Rick Archer, who has like the show Buddha at the guest. I didn't see him there. Was he there? He was. Okay, I didn't see him because I thought he would have a.
1: I thought he would have a setup like this there, and then um, I didn't see him. I think he did that before, right? He had a video years back there. I think he was doing videos. That's right, with like a bunch of spe- yeah. Yeah, and so I didn't. I didn't see anything like that, so I didn't. I didn't think he was there, but, um, you know, it's so. It's actually is very large. And there are so many talks going on simultaneously that it's impossible to take it all in. You're going to have to go like three or four years in a row <laughs> to, 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 to see some of the, the depth and breadth that they they have there. So um, Zaya and Mauricio do a, a, an amazing job um, and all the volunteers and all the staff and everyone that puts their their best efforts in to, to make it a, a, a spectacular experience. So that, that I just really appreciate all of that. So it was, it was really great. And it's great to see you there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks, man. I'm, I'm still processing the whole thing. I think many people are. I, I don't think people understand.
1: Uh, for those people who don't know about SAND, um, the Science and Non-Duality Conference, I don't think they understand the, the magnitude or the gravity of it. And they go there. And then after, you need like a week to process all that information. You just can't, it's just overwhelming. I'm shocked that actually more people don't just leave the, the conference early because it's, there's just so much there. It's just so hard to take in everything. So um, it took me a good week. I'd, I'd say I'm still processing stuff today. Like thing, it, is, uh, it will rock your world. It really will rock your world. So Mm -hmm. I highly recommend it. Beautiful. Yeah.
0: So. We're here and I guess we're like one and stuff. You don't guess. You're knowing
1: that you're one. You're knowing. Well, it seems that
0: way because everyone's showing up ever since science and non-duality. And it's (laughs) like they know everything about me. (laughs) Yeah. uh, So the thing about non-duality
1: and um, I don't know what uh, background the audience has with this. But non-duality is an artful way of saying that all is one without using the word one because one implies not one or many and although not one or non-duality is also a dualistic terms it's trying the language is it's trying to go out of its way to say one so that you try to break the habit of the mind of thinking in terms of opposites so non-duality saying all is one well what is this one that we're all what is it and the only being here is the knowing that is knowing experience. So this knowing is being because if it wasn't being, there would be nothing for it to know. So it's a fusion of knowing being. And since it's all that's here, it's infinite because anything that would be other than it would limit it. So it's this all-pervading unity of consciousness. That's what consciousness is, it's knowing being. And uh, since it's infinite, it has no edge to it or handles or surface to it. It's not limited to any dimensionality, so it's dimensionless. It's knowing, so it's always in the now. There's no time for it, it's eternal. So it's, um, I come from a point, uh, my point of view comes from physics. I I did not arrive at this conclusion from any sort of spiritual or religious practices. It's non-duality is not a religion. So um, when you come from it from this physics perspective, the closest you can get to a dimensionless being is what we term a singularity. So the mathematics that I use to describe this arises from black hole thermodynamic entropy from the Bekenstein-Hawking equations describing a conceptual singularity's geometric information content. So this is how I approach it, but we're all describing the same thing. These mystics writing about non-duality in Advaita, they're and the physicist describing this apparent experience or occurrence or knowing being, they're just talking about the same being. That all that's here is an infinite, dimensionless, knowing being, singular consciousness, and you're it. Who me? Not you, Ori ori's occurring inside of that consciousness as the illusion of something other than that consciousness you're not ori though you could change your name tomorrow right but you'd yeah. still be you right um right yeah so okay you're not ori the name Okay, so you have an image of your body. Are you an image? Close your eyes. Go
0: ahead. Well...
1: Close your eyes. I mean... Close your eyes. When you close your eyes, you blinked. You just blinked. So, did you disappear? The image went away, but you didn't. mm
0: -hmm.
1: So, you could change your gender. You could change the history of your little story you've got about yourself. All of those change, but you remain constant. You remain the knowing of that content, the knowing of images, the knowing of sounds, the knowing of your thoughts, because that's all that's here. There's nothing other than infinite consciousness here. So that's who you really are, but you've identified You've played some identity politics with yourself and you've identified with Ori. And you can only identify with Ori by knowing what Ori is not. So Ori is not this plant, Ori is not this microphone, Ori is not the cameras over there. This is Ori. Okay, so you're 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 knowing these opposites and identifying with one part of it, ignoring the rest of yourself, and just playing this but little game of who created ignorance. me? Who created you consciousness or you Ori? Your parents created Ori. <laughs> consciousness never began or never ends. It's a singularity. It's always in the now. It's always been here. Forever and ever and ever. There is no time for it because if you're a singularity and you have no dimensions, there's no time. Because without space, there's no time. Space and time are fused into space-time. What's moving your
0: actions? What's your motivation?
1: My motivation
0: for doing this work? Yeah.
1: Um, well, I have several. So one, I find... I went into science because I, I actually just find science fascinating. Like it's super fun to if you don't have never been up to the ALS at Berkeley and played with the beamline, <laughs> or played with uh, you know high powered electron microscopes and all the tools and toys. Uh, I was telling you before we start here, look at all this gear you guys got. You got a great setup here. Um, I love the gear. Like I love playing with that kind of stuff. So that's just super fun. Um, but additionally, when you I mean, when you're kind of starting off on this little adventure of life here, you mm-hmm. don't know what any of this is, right? You just hear statements and you accept them as true. That's the definition of belief. So somebody tells you that this is a world, and you say, "Yeah, I agree. This is a world." But that's a belief. You, it's a statement that you accept it.
0: Right, we need people who can navigate belieflessness.
1: That's all that's here, but you're ignoring that. There's only knowing here, not believing. Knowing is knowing beliefs to fool itself that it's a human being. We think we're having this little conversation here. No, there's only consciousness here. It's the illusion of a conversation. We're ignoring the infiniteness to know the illusion of finding. I heard about and accepted that this is a microphone. I believe it. It's a lie. I accept that lie, and I live this little life. So when you are look at this collection of beliefs that you've held, and then you're curious, like, well, how does this really work? And you're really curious about it. You've got you know three main modes of epistemology you can justify these beliefs with belief which is religion you could justify these beliefs with
0: do you feel like i'm behind in realizing all this stuff
1: no there's no behind this is what you're doing you see this is what you're doing You're, you're doing this on purpose you're knowing you're all knowing so this is what you want to know You want to know overcoming your own ignorance. And you're doing a great job.
0: So... Should I be embarrassed? If that's what you want to know. There's no reason for embarrassment other than to know what that feels like. Because you're already perfect. Should you be embarrassed? Should. There are no shoulds. I've been
1: embarrassed. But not about trying to find out who I am it's funny when you see that you've taken this game very seriously
0: and you've done things that but I mean people are watching we're creating a video that's going to go into the world and we're creating our futures there's something at stake
1: yeah and, and the importance that you've assigned to that is what you're doing you're saying that this is very important. And so it is.
0: Should I? Should you what? Should I be careful?
1: Well, with great power comes great responsibility. So if you realize what you really are, this infinite knowing being of consciousness then you should be with care because you're knowing you can know anything you will get what you want so you should have some care to make sure you know what you're doing Mm -hmm. when you don't know what you're doing you get pollution you get terrible travesties, but that's just because you're asleep at the wheel. You didn't know what you're doing. It's just part of your being. You're infinite, so all occurrences occurring, even the bad stuff. But you don't have to determine that bad stuff as in. I'll tell you what I want.
0: What do you want? The best. You got
1: it because you already it. See. You're already the best. There's no one... See, to have something that's not the best, there would have to be something other than infinite consciousness. So that you could compare... I want
0: to play in the playground, in the mud, with the playmates, and see see through the best unfoldment while knowing... The freedom that, the freedom of the meaninglessness that you speak of.
1: You'll have that. If that's really what you want to know, you're starting on it, right? We're playing here, right? We're little playmates here today. So you're starting on that journey, you're doing it. You've limited yourself, so you're not doing it all at one time. You've limited yourself to the concept of time, so it has to unfold. And this chaos at the end of time here is this unfolding. (laughs) So you're doing it. You're getting your wish. Great. (laughs) How about you? Oh i'm playing so many games at the same time, so this is delicious there there's nothing more delicious than um, falling asleep, ignoring what all of this is thinking you're a little human being <laughs> getting lost and having a job and uh, getting rejected by your girlfriend and Losing your house, and oh, this thing caught on fire, and oh, now you're bankrupt, and you're awful, you're lost. And then suddenly awaking from that and realize that the whole thing, that all that, all that stuff was an illusion. It was you the whole time. The contrast from those different, this one's not even a perspective, so it, the, the contrast there is just so delicious. It is the most magnificent thing you can experience. This is why we do this. Trust me, uh, you're ignoring your infiniteness on purpose because you're all-knowing. You already know everything. You're all a perfection. So there's nothing to do. You're perfect. You're already all of it. So to have the struggles of life is the meaning of life is to know what it's like to be limited. If you're unlimited, that's what they say. Yeah. You want to know what it's like to be limited while being limited when you're actually an unlimited being, you're unlimited, but then now you're bumping against all these limits. That's what suffering is. You're really infinite, but now you're knowing what limitation really is. And it hurts because you're, I'm really infinite here. But, you know, when I run up a hill and I haven't exercised in a long time, my legs are on fire because I'm experiencing the pain of limitation. And it's uh, thrilling for this infinite being to do this. there's something amazing about overcoming the obstacles in life. So if you want to mow down all obstacles and flatten the illusion of this hierarchy here and have everyone be exactly the same, there will be no obstacles to overcome there'll be nothing to do and it'll be very boring. So if you celebrate the differences, understand that, yeah, we're all different and there are these hierarchies and there are, this is the way the game is set up. And people, different perspectives, overcoming different obstacles creates a beautiful game. But yet there's a unity. We're all related by one being, our consciousness. No matter how different you are or how different I am, different genders, race, anything. We're unified by our knowing there is only one knowing here, and it's shared between all of us. So this is what, you know, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, this is what that's getting at. We're all created equal because we're all this knowing. This knowing is knowing different limitations for each apparent perspective. So are we physically equal? No. actually equal yes and so when you see this and you 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 see this through the physics the act the physics of our derived from doing experiments within experience the truth of experience this truth of knowing what is occurring this truth of knowing what is occurring which is the being of consciousness By science going to that experience and getting it's using it as its arbiter. Um, And then you see that that physics is telling you that everything is a unity, a singularity of consciousness. Well, that's huge because then now you can contextualize all of the content that you thought was physical and material outside of consciousness. You can contextualize it as consciousness. So you can still have your differences, you can still see each other as human beings, but conceptually understand that everybody is this unity. And then now, how are you gonna treat people? If I walk into a store and I see you there and you've got something I want, am I gonna just steal it from you? No, because I know that you're me. So we're gonna treat each other, the physics that's pointing to the actuality is gonna allow us to
0: conceptually understand when and it you share uniquely. all this. Yeah. I feel like a, like a wide-eyed kid or something. Yeah, so the thing to make sure you
1: <laughs> understand is that you can't believe me. Belief is a lie. If you accept the statements that I tell you, you trap yourself in this labyrinth of your own mind. So what you have to do is... Know this for yourself And this is what the techniques of meditation, etc. and self-inquiry. This is what this is for So when you know, then you really get it And then you understand that the, you can't actually get it There's nothing to get the, the, the being that you're trying to get is an infinite being. So there's no edge to it You can't grasp it with the mind
0: It's what's making the mind but dude I Got work to do in this world Do you? I don't know if people need to be seeing me appearing like a wide-eyed kid here with Seth Kostek giving me the the, uh, briefing. Uh, You can do
1: whatever you want. You don't have to do anything. You can forget all of this if you want. Uh, You can investigate it further. But, again, if you believe these statements you're not going to be able to embody them because you have to know. You can't believe. And that's why science is so powerful. Science comes from the Latin science, which means knowing. To yeah. know or ske, which is from the Proto-Indo-European um root that means to cut. So this knowing appears to cut its own being into complementary opposites which then we ignore the infinite opposite and focus on the illusion of these limits but they're solely made out of knowing there's nothing but knowing there so knowing is And you're
0: the authority on that no
1: consciousness is the only authority it's the author it's the creator it's all that's here you are that author and well, if you want to write I mean, the if you want to write the book that says I'm not the authority I give my authority away you can write that story
0: well I mean I like writing the book that says I am the authority and yeah. that's why I want to be the authority <laughs> you already are there's nothing you can do to be it are you sure yeah
1: there was a great talk I'm going to butcher his name. It was Swami Sarah. I can't remember that Sarah. Oh, I'd have to look it up. But there there was um, a fellow, I think he teaches at Harvard. Uh, he was at Sand and he he said all religious practices or it's, again, it's not really a religion, but Buddhist practices. Um, when people come into the ashram and they say, yeah, I want to I wanna, I wanna wake up. I want to find out who I really right. am. Right. Mm hmm. So, they say, well, you already are this. And then the person says, no, that's impossible. I want to be it. Show me how to be it, Seth. Like, okay. So, you're already in the ashram. You're already this infinite being. So, if we call the ashram this being, and you're have already you in given it. given up you know.
0: on playing in the sandbox?
1: No, but where, where would you have to go? If you're already in, in this ashram as this infinite being... Where would you have to go to get there? Nowhere, you're already there. So what these gurus, they, what they do is they tell you, okay, okay, you're already here, you don't see that you're already here. So they send you on a little journey. Okay, take a left, walk down the street, go up the hill, walk around, go to the playground, play around there, then go to the store, grab me a carton of milk, and then uh, come back here, and this is where you'll find your own being. Then you're sitting in the ashram again after I've gone on this long journey all around the world looking for yourself. And you come back and you're like, oh, I was there the whole time. I didn't need to walk out the door, and f- I was already there. <laughs> mm. So it's a good little story is that that's all these little techniques are. So meditation is just the little journey to find out that you are already this whole thing. Self-inquiry is this little journey you take to find out that you were, you were conscious so the whole you time? So you already figured this out. Uh, so you, as in Seth, no, Seth is not conscious. Seth isn't just content. There's no... So consciousness is the only being that is knowing the content here of Seth that appears to have figured this out. Or woke they say awakened. But... Um, This right here, this is asleep. This is very sleepy. (laughs) This is not woke. (laughs) There's no, Seth is no intelligence at all. The intelligence is consciousness. There is only consciousness. It's the only being that's intelligent. Rocks are not conscious. This tree is not conscious. It's made of consciousness, occurring in consciousness, and is known by consciousness. So why
0: don't, doesn't this one identify as that one? Oh, because when you wake up, then you, it's so shocking. Like, you, you, um,
1: you'll awaken, and you, I don't, I mean, I don't know, I really don't have that much, um, I, I don't really study Eastern religion or philosophy, so I don't really know about the Buddha that much, but I'm, from my own personal experience, like you, you can't just one boom. You're awake. You're done. It's over. Like no, nah, I don't. I don't know how that's possible. So for me, it's like no. You have these like successive awakenings where it happens. You don't know what the heck happened. You're, it's just a total shock, and you don't even you don't even know what's going on. And then it happens again, and again, and again, and again, and then it just starts transform you just start transforming
0: your then why don't I feel this realization when I'm around you
1: who's there who's feeling it you're knowing not feeling it if you don't feel it you're knowing that on purpose as consciousness you're saying I'll know this content over here that looks like a Seth that's knowing this and i'll know this content over here that's Ori. that's not knowing it
0: now how many of these awakenings were sober and how many were assisted with drugs
1: well what do you mean by a drug because if i eat a banana there's molecules in there uh oh <laughs> so there's molly i mean you eat a salad uh there's all kinds of um <clears throat> tryptamines and things in there so what, what do you really mean by a drug? See, th- this is a definition that is uh, crazy. You've got drug stores and drug wars. So you can buy drugs, but then you can't buy other ones. So I, I don't really know what you and mean. And how does that make your heart feel? Oh, it's part of the game. It's a perfection. It has to be this way. If everyone was doing psychedelics all altogether, the, the, everybody would be awake. So you can't have that. They got to be illegal. <laughs> Otherwise, there'd be no game. People wouldn't ignore what, who they really are. And then everybody would just be infinite
0: consciousness. People wouldn't ignore who they really are. And that's a poor
1: way of saying it. So consciousness wouldn't be able to ignore its infiniteness. Just that aspect. Yeah, I'm just saying, I mean, if you, if you smoked like 5-MeO DMT uh, every day for 50 days or something, I'm sure you wake up. I don't know. I've never done it, so. <laughs> but I'm, it's pretty powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, ha- as the author, you have to make this illegal because uh, there would be no game. And you want the game. I mean, I want somebody to make me an iPhone. iPhones
0: are fun. without people doing that there would be no iphones so who's a better spiritual uh, guy me or you the only one that could awaken is you consciousness so me
1: who's the author consciousness if you're saying I'm consciousness, then yes, you. If you're saying I, Ori, there's no, Ori is just content. It's just an image, thoughts, feelings, smells. There's, there's nothing to an Ori other than the story and the content. <laughs> you're made out of knowing complementary opposites that interfere with each other to produce this interference pattern that I'm looking at. In- and I'm taking that to be an Ori. But there's not an Ori there. There's the illusion of an Ori there. What I'm looking at is consciousness.
0: Who creates it? Consciousness. What about identity? So when you
1: say, are you I mean, are you conscious? Mm-hmm. So you say I am conscious. I knowing. Knowing is what I is Am is to be so knowing, being, consciousness, knowing. So your identity is knowing, being, knowing that phrase. I am conscious simultaneously means two things. It means I am aware of the illusion of these things, these occurrences. And this is my identity. Who are you? I am conscious. My identity, my I am-ness is consciousness. What if,
0: as you share, I have a hard time staying with the concepts and feel like uh, zoning out from what you're saying? Yeah,
1: it's, so the issue with the language that I'm using is that you have this little game here of abstracting things into opposites so that you can know the illusion of these things you couldn't know them if it was just if you were just paying attention to infinite consciousness there would be no difference between anything so it would just all be one unity here that's all that is really here but you're ignoring that so now when i say the word knowing there's the absolute actual infinite knowing and there's the concept of knowing not equals knowing But now if I say, if I'm talking to you and I'm talking about the concept of knowing versus the actual knowing, you don't know which one I'm talking about. So now you're like, oh, he's going between the actual and the conceptual. And then I don't know if he's referring to concepts or limits or to infinite knowing. And so when I write, um, I have my own special... um, punctuation, or a little linguistic system that I used, just some symbols that distinguish the actual from the conceptual. So again, this is a conceptual distinguishment. The actual knowing that I'm right is still conceptual, because if you can grasp it, it's, it's. but I'm ignoring that and just saying, when I use capital letters, I'm referring to an infinite actuality with no complementary opposite. And then these actual title case terms are um, synonymous. So if I say knowing with a capital K, yeah, if I say knowing with a capital K, that's the same as being with a capital B. That's the same as truth with a capital T. That's the same as experience with a capital E. So like truth with a capital T is infinite. It's all there is. The concept of true, not equals true, or the entangled concept of true false, that's conceptual, that's relative. It's only true that you are there and I am here in this relativistic space-time continuum. How does that work? Okay, so in order to have something appear finite, you have to know the illusion of limitation. So I have to take infinite consciousness and abstract it into these opponents. Mm -hmm. So I only know what this is by knowing that it's not not equals this. This never occurs by itself. It's literally made of knowing, knowing the cycle of abstraction of knowing that this is not not equals this. Okay. So these always arise as pairs, and this is what is called duality. You're in duality, the two. This is the two. So non-duality is the realization that these two apparent opposites, solely made out of infinite knowing, is that they're really just made out of knowing. That's what non-duality is. So they're, it's really the knowing that's knowing these opposites. So... How this stuff is created is that knowing has to abstract
0: its being into these complementary objects. And how deep is your trust in these ideas?
1: Well, the ideas are just, this is a game. This is, these are ideas. So you can live your life by them if you want to, or you can transcend all of it. This, the, the the things I'm saying are conceptually true and will only be conceptually true in the new paradigm. That's once coming. you go black, you never go back. Um, I think once you wake up, it's hard to see the world in any other way. Like, you don't, you, it's the same, it's the but same world. There are levels like, to this stuff. The illusion of levels, yeah. They look like levels, they look like, um, yeah, like any video game, right? It has different levels, right? You're just going through it, but it's all one game. So um, just just so you know, like when you wake, like no, you, this all looks the same. You're looking straight at infinite being here. It's just that then yeah, you, but you, you know
0: it. But your body is just like saying that to me and it's like you're just like sharing that and uh, I'm like feel like really open to this idea but uh, all I see is a a guy here yeah so that's because um,
1: and I see this a lot with even at the non-dual conference is that people want to turn non-duality into a religion they want to believe that it's the case so they have to give up their beliefs see your beliefs are what's going to prevent you from understanding so you have to do you have to know, you have to use experience. You, you can't just accept things that uh, the speakers at sand or anyone tells you, it's an experience, it's knowing. It cannot be uh, a complementary opposite. Like you cannot know the concept, you can't conceptualize your way to it. You, you can't go through the mind. The mind is the, the knowing of these opposites it's It's precisely the mind that is keeping you from understanding the infinite totality it's the activity of ignoring the infinite totality so so you have to give up that activity of knowing opposites once you give up that activity of knowing opposites there's only you here infinite being so I guess when you wake you 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 can do both right you can know the opposites and know the infinite totality simultaneously. So it's this like amazing, yeah. You can have these opposites and know that it's all one infinite consciousness. It's shocking. It's not what you think it is. In fact, if you can think it, it's not it. (laughs) If you can grasp what you, you're like, oh, no, I know it's going to be like this. You don't got it because you can't because you need the mind to know the illusion of these opposites. So once you transcend that, I don't know how, I don't even know how to describe it. I can't even, it's impossible. <laughs> but it's possible. <laughs> you can do it, you can be it. Just like, you know, I've got this tip of this finger, right? Can I touch the tip of this finger with the tip of this finger? <laughs> no, it's impossible. The tip of this finger is the tip of this finger, so I can't use it to touch it. So if I wanna experience touch, I have to touch something else. I have to have two, I have to have duality. Right. Okay. But now if I wanna be this tip of this finger, it already is it, It, it's it, It It's (laughs) done. It was it the whole time, it it never wasn't it. It was always the tip of this finger. So if we replace finger and we call this consciousness or knowing, If knowing wants to know something finite, it's got to know something else. It's got to limit its infinite being to know the illusion of something else. But to be consciousness, it already is consciousness. It was consciousness the whole time. But can consciousness know itself as an object? No, It, it needs the illusion of something else. So it's topologically bound. It is the thing, or it's not a thing, sorry. It is the being that's here. And it's infinite, so there's nothing outside of it. It can't, like, hold up a mirror and shine it back on itself. It can't, because that mirror would also be it. (laughs) So it can never get outside of itself to know itself. The only way to do it is to appear to divide itself and then interfere these concepts together to give you the illusion of objectivity. Now this thing can know the illusion of these objects because these objects kind of... Arise out of the ignorance of its infiniteness. They're like sculpted out of it. Like a sculptor removes stone to reveal the marble inside. If you have one brick of marble, it's just an infinite being there. But you chip away the marble, you remove. Or appear to remove let consciousness appear to obviously uh, appear to. Yeah. Ignore it. And then the statue appears. Same thing. You're carving this out of your own infinite being through the mind. So wow. there's, there's only consciousness. This consciousness knows the mind and then the mind produces the illusion of objects. We got it backwards. We think that there's a physical material world here, physical material world evolved beings that then evolved consciousness. It's the exact opposite, the exact opposite. You're occurring in consciousness. Space-time occurs in consciousness. So it's easy to see that all the content within experience is made out of knowing these relative opposites because this is what relativity is.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Mass, time, distance, all changes with relativistic motion. It's not constant, (laughs) but what is constant? The knowing of that content, the speed of light. The knowing of the content is what we term the speed of light and that's absolute. It's the same for every perspective. There's only one speed of light or one getting of information rate. The getting of information, I, you know, I got a book here, it's closed. I don't have information. I read the book, I get the information, that's knowing, right? So if there's a light over there, a light minute away, they turn it on, I don't see it. In a minute, the light interspeeds into my eyes and now I'm knowing it. So the speeding of that information into my eyes, the rate, that's knowing. That's what knowing is. There's only one, that's the speed of light. Same for every reference frame. So now we know there's only one consciousness. It's in our physics. It's right there. It's obvious. Wow. Einstein was so close because he basically created quantum physics and relativity together. All in like a couple years. You know, he took what Planck... I mean, he, he I mean, he uh, <laughs> started and it, it basically it's it's quantum mechanics. He won the Nobel Prize for the photoelectric effect. So the, the he, he was right on it. And was he a great mathematician? No, he's horrible at math. But did he have an imagination? Oh, yeah. And the only imagination, the only being that's making these images is consciousness. So he was tapped in. That's why he could do what he did. Because it's not about the math. Although the math helps convince or construct limits that allow us to manipulate the illusion of this content. And if you can manipulate the illusion of this content, you are like a magician, right? Scientists are your magicians. I mean, your iPhone is magical. This is an unbelievable thing. Be grateful for the technology and the tools you have. They're wielding true magic. Now, I think magic is like uh, some you know, supernatural or mysterious force, right? Why is it mysterious? Because to the illusion of something finite, you cannot know the infinite. It's The infinite always remains a mystery. To our finite or the illusion of our finite perspectives so it's magical this consciousness is, is magical to us because it's a mystery because I can't know it as an object so by doing science and doing the math you can then limit consciousness in different ways and then you can really play now we haven't begun to play with quantum mechanics iPhones, this is nothing. Once we expand the mathematics and really understand what we're doing, well, then you got to be careful because with great power comes great responsibility. We've already seen the horrors that we unleashed on this world with nuclear weapons. This is nothing. That's child's play. What you're going to be able to do With a mathematics of conscious singularity is off the scale. So, got to be careful. Or not. Do whatever you want. Um, from my point of view, um, challenges are great, but un, undue suffering right? There's not a need for undue suffering. it seems like you know it's great to have challenges, but um, we've taken it too far, I think. So I think the universe is coming back to its a more equitable and fun game for everybody so that's what we're doing. We're in this time of change. As Michael Mead pointed out, we're in this rite of passage. There's something happening here, right? It's this paradigm shift from physical materialism to conscious singularity. This is what we're doing. We're going to shift the way we contextualize our experience into a more holistic or evolved state of being it's going to be amazing thank you well thank you this is a great conversation Mm -hmm. you're way better at basketball than I am (laughs) by the way
0: I think we can wrap up on that, maybe.
1: Well, thank you very
0: much for having me on. You're welcome. Hey, this was a
1: treat. It really is. I love to talk about this, so thank you.
0: Thank you, Alan, for being, uh, doing the work behind the scenes and being on audio.
1: Yeah, thank you, Alan.
0: You guys are so welcome. Great conversation. Thanks to our viewers for watching, and uh, we'll see you soon.